This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. All right, my pain.tv crew, ladies and gentlemen, it is me, your humble host, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. So today, finally, 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 I've been promising, but now we are going to wrap up the Elon Musk Neuralink series. So this is part six. If you have not listened to parts one through five yet, I recommend you do so because part six is focused solely on the investors, the financiers, the venture capitalists behind Neuralink, Elon Musk's AI brain chip company. And I'm glad we left this as a separate episode. This way, if there are people you know who are just interested in in understanding who's behind this technology, you can just point him to Elon Musk. Uh, I think this is episode 13 of the Dustin Gold Standard, but the Elon Musk part six. And that way we're not mixing it with the videos and explanation of the technology, but really just who is behind that technology. And you're going to find it to be quite interesting because what's happening is we're starting to see a lot of the same players are behind all of these tech companies and a lot of this CIA money which flows through InQtel, the CIA's nonprofit, nonprofit hedge fund, flows into these tech companies via either directly through InQtel or through investment partners of InQtel. And as we move into the next series, which is going to be about AI Foundation, a company started by an unknown man, I believe, in this independent journalist world. I don't think I've heard anyone talk about him before. If they have, I stand corrected and I commend them. But this man has been on my radar for several years. His name is Lars Butler with two T's, B-U-T-T-L-E-R. And I've talked about him on other podcasts. Uh, I've talked about him when I was being interviewed on other podcasts, but I never really did a show on him. So last night, I started doing a lot of research 
because I hadn't looked into AI Foundation or Lars Butler, admittedly, in the last uh, couple few years. And there's a whole bunch of new information, of which I'm going to show you some of that shortly before we get into the investors behind Neuralink. But what I found to be quite amazing is that Peter Thiel, who was, you know, supposedly the only billionaire Silicon Valley technocrat that supported Trump in 2016 and showed up at Trump rallies. Well, Peter Thiel, who is the founder of Palantir, okay, which was funded, this is admitted public information, was funded by, started with InQtel CIA money. And now Palantir, in 2018, under the Trump administration, signed a $100 million contract with the IRS to launch basically a, a tax cheat hunter software on steroids, of which I'm doing some research on whether or not that plays a part in the new 87,000 IRS agents that will be hired under this new budget that everyone on social media has been talking about. But Peter Thiel, who owns Palantir, has an investment company called Founders Fund, which we are finding everywhere, partnered with all these venture firms that are invested in Instacart, America's largest grocery uh, shopping app, the gig app that I did a show on where I showed you who was behind that. Uh, and so Founders Fund has partnered with a lot of these uh, money bundlers, these investors, these venture capitalists that are behind this anti-human technology Instacart that's going to eventually replace, you know, everyone within the supply chain in the world of uh, groceries. And so now I find that Founders Fund, Peter Thiel, is also partnered in with AI Foundation and Lars Butler now, which did not exist the last time I had looked at it. So the base of people involved with AI Foundation is growing, and it's stunning. So as of right now, I am planning a three-part series on AI Foundation and Lars Butler, where we will review the players and the money and the, you know, the thinkers, the, the, the smart people behind AI Foundation, as well as showing you videos of the technology in which they are creating and have already developed and created. And that plays into this concept of the mind twin, which is the point at which you're uploading your consciousness into the cloud-based silicone neocortex, right, that Ray Kurzweil and others talk about. And then that consciousness sits up in the cloud, which is just on a computer server somewhere. And then that consciousness can be beamed down, you know, into a biological or non-biological suit, or in the meantime, into devices like smartphones and tablets and computers, etc. And so now AI Foundation has shown demonstrations that they've already done this at a very, I would say, rudimentary level. But right now, they are working with Richard Branson, they work with uh, Deepak Chopra and others, where they've uploaded their consciousness um, through, through training the system, 
like I said, in a very um, sort of a micro level. But the macro level will be when you're uploading your consciousness through the Neuralink brain chip and other technologies similar to the Neuralink brain chip. So what we're doing here in the first dozen, two dozen shows at the Dustin Gold Standard is I am laying out for you the thinkers that are behind the technocracy, behind this concept of technocratic immortality, right? We looked at Ray Kurzweil, a big thinker in that world. We looked at Yuval Noah Harari, and I'm going to do a whole, uh, we'll do a whole breakdown show on him soon. But others have talked in depth about him. So, uh, but, but I will do it. I have a little bit different spin on Yuval Harari. So, we have to look at, we looked at uh, Kurzweil, we looked at uh, Yuval, and then we looked at Dennis Bushnell, who's the big thinker, the chief scientist behind NASA for the last 40 years, who's right in line with these guys. And now we're looking at the sort of the front man, the public relations guys like Elon Musk. We'll look at Lars Butler. We're going to be doing Bill Gates. And these are the guys who are actually in charge of promoting and normalizing these technologies. And so that's what we're doing here is we're, because what I'm showing you and my goal is uh, once we get through the next f- maybe six episodes I have planned, then I'm going to be able to do a show and wrap up and show you what we did in the first 20 episodes. And, and that is the full illustration of this technocratic immortality dream that these technocratic psychopaths have. Uh, I truly believe, and I have to look at a little more information, uh, that what is happening is they are building a sort of digital technocratic class system in which there will forever be a class of people that are the plebes, the plebeians, the peasants, uh, which will be us, and then they believe they're going to cement themselves in as sort of these immortal gods. I mean, it does sound crazy, and I don't do, uh, you know, I don't do ghosts and realms and things like that on this show. There's a lot of shows that talk about that stuff, and this sounds nuts, but it's not. See, everything that they are doing is based on technology. It operates and runs on the power of the Internet. This is why I believe they are using Elon Musk to build Starlink, which is the satellite Internet system that's going to surround the globe. They are actually trying to, and are actually quite successful at this point, hijack natural life and control natural life. They want to control nature They want to control humanity. And then they want to replace the plebeians' access, our access, to natural life with a digital metaverse, which is like the movie The Matrix. That's where they're going with this. And so by the time I'm done uh, with the first chapter of the Dustin Gold Standard, I will be able to show you and have shown you much already, but I'll be able to put it all together to show you the man and the money and the technology behind the actual real life matrix that 
they are building. That is, that is my goal, is to be able to show that to you. Because I think if you understand it, and it, and it sounds so crazy, it's hard to relay this to people, but if you understand it, and I work through it on this show and can boil it down into talking points and bumper sticker slogans, then maybe, maybe you can wake up more people. I'm not saying we're going to change the world. I'm not saying we're going to save the earth, but you may be able to save some people in your life that you care about, that you love and get them to open their eyes and realize that everything going on around them is just one big psychological warfare operation designed to divide humanity, get us fighting with each other, while the technocrats advance their human genocide, their technological genocide, their technocratic genocide. And, you know, like I, like I said at the first episode here, I want to focus on how we can live one foot in and one foot out if we can't live outside of it altogether. But that's why I'm doing this. And so the next chapter is Lars Butler and AI Foundation because we're able to prove that the theoretical stuff that Musk and Kurzweil and Harari talk about, hacking of humans, um, the fact that they have a formula to hack into our brains, that they're building this brain chip, that they're going to be able to teleport their consciousness from body to body, that Butler actually proves that they're already doing it. They already have test cases, celebrities and thinkers and influencers that have uploaded their consciousness in the early stage to the cloud, and they can then beam that AI consciousness into what they're doing now is actually these deep fake video uh, simulations. So they'll take Deepak Chopra, they'll take uh, Richard Branson, and they create these digital AI puppets of them, but they can have a conversation in real time with a real-life, natural-life human powered by the AI backbone, the AI brain in which they have developed by uploading their consciousness into this software system into the cloud. And so Butler proves that that's happening. So even though you don't see Kurzweil, Musk, Butler, and these guys standing on stage together and presenting the overall matrix like I want to do, you have to find the players that are building the pieces of this technocratic Noah's Ark and then put them together for yourself And you can see that they're all on the same page. They obviously either meet, have Zoom meetings, or have a newsletter that goes around because they're all working on the same technology, different pieces of it, but on a a final product. They're all building the pieces that are going to come together to build this final product. We've heard about the CIA over the years compartmentalizing, right? So if they're working on a case and there's five people working, each of the five have their own task. None of them knows what the other's doing, and in the end, it's all going to come together. Well, in this case, they do know what each other is doing. They're basically project managers working on different pieces. I haven't figured out yet who the master architect is, who the CEO is, but we know who the different engineers are, and we do see the money that goes behind it to fund it. And there has to be money, even though 
money is generally fake because we just print it. These guys take a lot of money out of the government, which is right out of the Fed. But monopoly money is used to bribe people like me and you to go to work, work at our job and program at the computer or do whatever our task is without asking any questions. So that's why they need the cash, the monopoly money to be able to do that. So when we come back from this break, I am going to show you something that I stumbled upon yesterday. Just to give you an idea of how, like, we're in this bridge stage now of which Klaus Schwab would call the fourth industrial revolution, which is the bridge to the fourth industrial era, right? Or as I say, the fourth industrial Reich. And so I want to show you, because we talked about Instacart, because I used to be involved with that business uh, what people in Instacart are doing right now and how they've effectively turned themselves into digital slaves. And then I'm seriously considering doing a one-day-a-week show, which is just on Instacart and the gig world, because this is stuff you need to warn your friends and family about to try not to get wrapped up in that because my opinion is once you are done being a digital slave in the gig world, I believe Auschwitz, Auschwitz is next for you. So ladies and gentlemen, I will be going to take a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard and I will be right here back on pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. This is Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. You will become part of the human cloud. You will be a gig worker. You will be my digital slave here on the technocratic plantation. And that is what your future will be. You will own nothing and you will be happy as you eat Jiminy Cricket for breakfast. So folks, I just mentioned before the break, I want to show you this. Let me pull it right up here. Let's not waste any time. So, on Facebook, there are a number, dozens of national um, Facebook groups for Instacart shoppers and for gig workers in other uh, gig companies like DoorDash and Uber, Uber Eats, Grubhub, etc., etc., etc. So, I check them once in a while. I, I would do this while I was doing Instacart and see if it happened to be slow in my area or people seemed to be tipping less. I would like to get a flavor for what was going on across the country. So one of my go-to places was uh, called Instacart Shoppers Group. This one has 25,000 members. There are others that have 100,000-plus members. But so now I go on there, and I look to see, uh, because when I go to the store here in town, I run into a lot of the people I used to do Instacart with, and they'll tell me how horrible it is, and they're starving, and they can't pay their bills. And as I mentioned before in the show, there was a time uh, last summer going into the uh, fall when I was able to make, you know, three, four, sometimes $450 a day doing Instacart, which was not bad. I'd work my ass off, but 
Um, I was able to make money coming out of COVID and uh, in the middle of divorce, so it was worth it. But now I go on here when I, after I see people at the store and they tell me how slow it is, and I go on the national group and I see. And it's interesting because if people seem to be tipping less in this market here in Frederick, Maryland, you'll go on the national Facebook pages and see it's happening nationwide. So people start to accuse Instacart of possibly stealing tips and such like that. But I want to show you, I really want to show you what being a digital slave on the technocratic plantation, as I call it, is all about. And in 2016, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, the founder and the president, wrote a book called The Force Industrial Revolution, and he talks about the human cloud and gig work. Uh, this is back in 2016. So this whole entire gig economy is not some organic thing, this organic creation that just came about. This is all planned. The idea at first is to move as many people off of the company payrolls as possible and turn them into independent contractors. Therefore, they have to use their own cars, pay for their own gas, get their own insurance, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they can actually begin to throttle how much money you could make because their algorithms built into their gig apps are what decide the orders in which they're going to send you. So I, I want to just show you, okay, this is uh, someone who posts quite regularly. Uh, Christopher Bruce is his name. So he's, this guy works really hard, just like I did for about a year. Um, but I want to just show you, like I always did it understanding and knowing what I was doing and had a reason for why I was doing it. Um, I was working hard for a certain period of time while I was waiting out my divorce to be done, right? And I had really nothing else to do. But so many people I know in this market are actually addicted to this. And the app is so gamified, which is what they are doing with all of us in real life through, you know, we saw it over the last two decades with points on your credit card and earning miles for flying and bonuses when you shop at stores and all kinds of stuff like that. So this is now a gamified system in how you're making money. And this this type of technology and the people that are behind this technology and invest in this technology are not doing it to deliver groceries to people. They're doing it because these systems are the analytics, uh, are the test pilot for what is going to go behind this metaverse technology this gamification in the metaverse world that they are going to want us to live in in this matrix world where we do tasks in order to earn tokens and in the case of instacart you do tasks and at the end of the day you can withdraw the money you made at the end of the day it's like getting immediate tokens you can actually withdraw the money after every order if you want to so it's it's immediate tokens immediate gratification and so they can get you to do almost anything because they're going to reward you immediately. Remember, the macaque monkey in the Elon Musk Neuralink video, he was willing to sit there and play the mind pong game inside his head because he was rewarded with a banana smoothie and then eventually with the banana, 
And I told you how Elon Musk and Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience compared us to monkeys. And that is what they're doing here. They're training people to respond immediately. But let's look at someone who appears to be successful because most people go out there and they're making a few hundred dollars a week on Instacart, either part-time people doing it full-time or making six, $700, $1,000. The days of when I did it where I could make over 2000 a week have come to an end. But this guy right here, this is a post from yesterday at 5 a.m. He said, uh, broke all my weekly high records this week. Don't think I'll be trying that again anytime soon. Thankful seeing other shoppers so pushed me to try and do what they do. Okay, he, it's just written bad. Thankful seeing other shoppers so pushed me to try and do what they do. And he's got three emojis of a guy running. Uh, edit before it's asked, he says. I worked 5 to 5.30 a.m. to 10 to 11 p.m. every day except Sunday when I quit at 8.45 p.m., right? So let's say he started at 5 until noon is 7 hours. Let's say he went to 11. Let's give him the max. That's 18 hours, right, times 7 days. Let's just go over here, do this quick. 18, so you can see it on the screen if you are watching on pain.tv slash gold. That would be 126 hours. And let's just knock off six because he said he finished up early on Sunday and some days he started a little bit later and ended a little bit earlier. So let's take 120. So this guy worked 120 hours. This is not unreasonable. He's not lying. I've done this before. He says, also edit 1,525 miles from out the door until return. That's how many miles he put on his car. Okay. So let's just say 1,525 miles. And let's say he, let's just say he gets 30 miles to the gallon. That would be 51 gallons basically that he used times. And he's in California. So let's say right now he's paying $5 a gallon. So that would be $254 for the week in gas. And he says down here he posts his earnings. So his earnings for the week were $2,938.92. So $2,938.92. And 92 cents. Now, remember, he is also with, you know, 1,525 miles on his car. He is putting wear and tear on the car. He's also paying for insurance on the car, uh, which, which a lot of these people do not think about. He may have a car payment. Who knows? But let's take the $2,958.92 he says he has earned minus the direct $254 he spent on gas, which comes out to $2,704.92 divided by the 120 hours that he worked comes out to $22.54 an hour. Now, when you take away 
his possible car payment, the wear and tear on the car, and the insurance, plus the food that he's eating on the road. I know a lot of these people, they don't bring lunch, so they're spending you know, $10, $15 a day on McDonald's, which is killing them. He is making below $20 an hour while assuming all the risk, and to make a decent amount of money, he had to work 100 and 20 hours. Do you know how many hours are in a week? It's 168 hours. So he only had 48 hours off, which he probably spent sleeping, which is 6.85 hours off per day minus the time you take a shower and everything else so the guy was only sleeping about five hours and he obviously didn't have time to do anything else at home how you cannot classify this as anything else than a digital slave for the technocratic plantation i don't know but i was doing this type of schedule before But I knew what I was doing, and I knew that it was going to eventually come to the end and end because I knew about Klaus Schwab and I knew about gig work and the human cloud and everything else. These people do not. I try to go on here and point people in the direction uh, that they that they should be looking into this and understanding what's coming and why they're stuck in this because these people get trapped. Uh, living paycheck to paycheck, and they can never make ends meet. They're just running around like slaves in the digital plantation. They don't put aside any money. If their car breaks, they're screwed. I know a guy who, his car broke down. Uh, Two cars, actually. He broke down in six months, and then he ended up uh, not having enough money to put down on a used car because the used car market over the last year, as you know, Uh, Since COVID, they drove up those prices, so he couldn't even get a used car, and he ended up having to do a deal with Enterprise where he's paying $650 per week to rent the car. So now, if you're like this guy, take that off the top, it's $650 a week that you're giving. That's $2,600 a month that that you're giving to a rental company to rent the car from them. And a lot of Uber drivers do this. Those are other gig workers. And so then what I do is I go down through here and I read these comments from all these poor people. Uh, uh, look, Look at this, Jasmine Clark. Yes, I love this. I think I would be able to make this too if I didn't have kids. I work about half these hours and make half of what you made. So it's like there's people out there, this woman, she's got kids, she's out there working what, 60 hours a week to make, uh, after it's all said and done, $1,000 after her expenses. I mean, these people are trapped. And so once you're in the human cloud, as Klaus Schwab calls it, once you're inside of this technocratic plantation and you're a digital slave working for food coupons, for your tokens, for your banana shake, what is next? What is next when Instacart or DoorDash or Uber or any of them stop sending you orders? They do kick people off there for no reason all the time, or they throttle their accounts. There's days when guys will go out there and sit in the parking lot, and these are guys who who can hustle and make a lot of money, and then the whole day they might see one order. So what happens? What's the next stop? The next stop is Auschwitz. 
The next stop is what Yuval Noah Harari has called us, useless humans. The big question facing us moving forward in the next decade is what we do with all these useful, useless humans. These useless people. These subhuman creatures. So what happens to these people? And the reason why I wanted to just bring that up here is I want to show you what these technologies are actually doing in real life, what it's actually creating. That technology is not enriching that person. It's training people to become digital slaves. And all of the data that we put into the system while you're interacting with a gig app, whether you're the customer shopping or you're the shopper actually doing the work, doing the picking, doing the delivery, we are helping build their metaverse, their AI hive mind, as Elon Musk has admitted to that we are only nodes within the system that are helping these guys actually build the matrix. Think about that while I take a quick break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 